Welcome into another Jew and Gentile podcast. I am your host, Chris Katolka, and with me is none other than the Rebbe, the Sage himself, uh, Mr. Steve Herzig. How are you, sir? I am doing great. Happy Hanukkah to you. <laughs> and to you, and to you, and Merry Christmas. Uh, well, not yet. It's not Christmas. Well, you could wish me happy Merry Christmas. Well, it's, it's Hanukkah. But it's all going to converge. I am laser focused on Hanukkah. Okay, I'm sorry. So Hanukkah, but this is the Jew and Gentile podcast. That so. is true. I'll give it to you. <laughs> all right. Okay. All right. Great, great. Well, welcome in, everybody. We've got a great show for you. We've got a special guest. We're going to be talking oh, all Hanukkah today. Oh, have we got a special guest. All right. Here we go. Welcome in, welcome in. Well, we uh, are going to dedicate this entire episode of FOI, I mean, of uh, the Jew and Gentile podcast to Hanukkah uh, and end a little bit of Christmas. We have to Because you a can't bit. have Christmas without Hanukkah. Th- that's correct. That's correct. And so um, before we jump into that, though, just a fresh reminder, we're still, Steve, in our season of giving, which is your opportunity, if you're a listener, to get on board with FOI Equip and to help us raise $10,000 uh, in order to continue not only the Jew and Gentile we podcast. We need a few shekels. <laughs> Steve's holding we, up. We need some shekels. Turn them around, Steve, Turn, so the camera can it, see what it is. All right. That's right. It's we, the, <laughs> we need some shekels. Not these kind of shekels. These we eat. But we need shekels. Hey, Steve, the, people are going to start thinking we don't need the money if you're holding up big gold coins like that. That you is know? true. That is true. But this inside. is compliments of my wife, Alice Herzig. That's right. And she said, uh, I only could get two, so I'm not bringing them for the grandkids because there's four of them and there'll be arguments. All so right. there's one for you. One for me, and later when our guests come, I'll give them, they don't get one of these, but they do get a little bag of, you know what this is called, Chris? This is uh, gelt. Gelt. You're, you're, the Gentile is learning. I've hung around this, with you for a little Hanukkah too long. This is Hanukkah gelt. That's right. And uh, we're going to talk about gambling. Do you know, Chris, At uh, as a youngster before kindergarten, I was gambling. Were you? I was gambling. Yeah, they didn't take me to Gamblers Anonymous. <laughs> But I was gambling, and uh, usually it was for pennies, but sometimes it was for Hershey's Kisses. Okay, great. Well, but, and that's what this is. This is kind of a nice combination of both, right? It, it is perfect. Because this isn't actually real. If you're wondering, oh, wow, that's a lot of money. What's that going is, on there? Hey, it's a if big that's gold solid coin. gold, I'm a millionaire Yeah, that, exactly. Uh, but it's now, not. It's actually chocolate. It's actually, yeah, foil that's gold. Uh, wrapped around or wrapping over milk chocolate. Exactly. Well, listen, uh, I'd like to encourage you uh, to go to gofoi.org forward slash FOI equip. And there you can give online to help raise $10,000 to continue the Jew and Gentile podcast. To continue our teaching, our website has been updated. We have four months of classes lined up for you to sign up for right now. You can sign up for Tabernacles class. That's coming up in January. You can sign up for our February class with Steve and a roundtable of Jewish believers that are talking about what it's like to grow up as a, a, you know, what it's like to be a Jewish believer, or as we've mentioned before, a heaven-bound Hebrew. Heaven-bound Hebrew. (laughs) But Chris, you got to tell the story. Uh, I know you probably told it last time, but... We're, we really believe that uh, giving to this is helpful and a real ministry. There was somebody who called, talked to you uh, who's a youth pastor, music, and said that uh, Yael's Equip course oh, yes. was so—it was a turning point. I don't want to put words in his mouth. You know the exact words, but it was highly significant. In fact, I've shared that with a couple of people since you shared that testimony on the importance of Equip. For that person, Equip— was pretty important, and we were just we were doing Hebraic music worship 
And it said it spoke to him. You want to tell us a little bit yeah, about so that? Yeah, so the Brandsbergs, who are good friends of ours down in North Carolina, um, I believe it was a friend of theirs who had taken the class um, and uh, I believe has led worship himself, leads worship himself. And uh, he went up to them afterwards and said, that class changed my life. To be able to bada listen. bing, bada boom. I know, right there alone is a good reason to help uh, continue the I ministry. I rest my case, Your Honor. <laughs> That's right. All right, let's turn this whole thing off. Shut it down. <laughs> but uh, not only that, Steve, are we helping encourage people by get diving into the Bible and learning the scriptures from a Jewish perspective? That's why we exist. Because uh, sometimes people forget the Bible's a Jewish book. Jesus is the Jewish Messiah. So helping us get a better context and feel for the Jewish scriptures, but also we had interns, Steve, that actually just wrapped up a three-month FOI Equip internship, and the the ministry they did in three months is just absolutely amazing. So the $10,000 also goes to help raise up a new batch of FOI Equip interns. We need a new batch. Yeah, we need a new batch. Exactly right. A batch of interns. Yep. And so, and we've got interns, we've got people who want to serve with Friends of Israel, um, and so this is a great way for them to get involved, and so your gift will help not only the Jew and Gentile podcast and other podcasts like like Ty Perry's Gesture podcast, but it will also help us expand our teaching with FOI Equip and bring in interns to help take all that they're learning with FOI Equip and with the Jew and Gentile podcast and all the things that we're doing, but actually taking them and going out and doing ministry in the Jewish community. So again, to raise to help us raise $10,000 before the end of the year, please go to gofoi.org forward slash FOI Equip. Steve, happy Hanukkah. Happy we have a, Hanukkah. We have a we have a friend that you've actually spent some Hanukkahs with over the I've years. Spent, we are so excited to have uh, the man, the myth, and the legend. Uh, <laughs> the man is a former FedEx driver who dr- has driven around uh, Cherry Hill, a very Jewish community. A guy who could lead tours by himself around that community community knows knows where. Oh, oh who's boy. calling so, you, Chris? My wife's calling. Oh, me. of course. She's <laughs> anything she could do to disrupt our work. <laughs> exactly. That's right. But a man who knows where Muhammad Ali used to live. Wow, uh, pretty pretty amazing. A man who's great in music. He's a drummer, uh, and a guy who has been so kind and gracious to drive us around as we deliver Hanukkah baskets. This man, this myth, this legend is none other than Glenn Johnson. Glenn, good to have you here. Good morning, guys. How you doing today? Good. Good We're to see you. We're doing good. Look at that smile. Uh, he's got a great he's radio voice. He's happy to be here. I know. It won't be long before he'll be saying, well, how do I get out of here? Well, he's already he's already drawn me in, though, with his radio voice. He's got a good one, Glenn. He's got a great radio voice. Thank you. Yeah. Sitting behind the drums, they never give me microphones. So it's kind of nice to get one for once. We're going to have to pull a Genesis or something like that so we get you a microphone, you know, yeah. like the band Genesis or whatever. Yeah. I wonder uh, if he'll Collins. start he'll, maybe old blue eyes. He sounds almost like Frank. That's you know? right. He's maybe I'll start singing. No, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, somebody who's not on camera and who's not going to say anything. She's not sitting too far from but him. But she has been a fan of ours uh, and disputes Who's the number one fan of the six that we have? And I'm not going to lie. She's got some great arguments. for. She, she does. When she heard that her husband was coming on, she said, Steve, can I just come and sit there as long as you don't bother me? I don't want to say anything. That's right. I don't want to be on camera. I won't. I, she wants to be like Sergeant Schultz of Hogan's Hill. <laughs> I know nothing. I see nothing. I am nothing. Right. <laughs> but she's here. But she's here. And she's We're got glad a great to have seat, her. Liz. Great to see you. And she's just, oh, there she, we got 
got something out of her. Maybe you hear it. a faint. Our people will hear a faint something. That's, That's right. her saying. Uh, I'm happy to be here, <laughs> Glenn. You, have, you, and Steve have been partners in crime for a few years now. Uh, just to catch our listeners up, maybe they don't realize this, but we have a Hanukkah basket ministry. Uh, now it's a box, but a Hanukkah basket ministry uh, where we like to say Happy Hanukkah to our Jewish friends all around the country. Um, you two focus on here in the South Jersey, Philadelphia area. But uh, to say Happy Hanukkah to our Jewish friends, we take them a Hanukkah basket filled with great Israeli goodies, salt from Israel, only teas, from Israel. That's right, all the products in there, and uh, and we fill it up with a lot of great stuff to just say Happy Hanukkah. And man, to see the look on our Jewish friends' face when when they see you know that Christians are saying Happy Hanukkah, I think it kind of throws them for a loop a little bit, but they get very excited. But I thought maybe you two could share some fun stories together of dropping off some. Well, Hanukkah we'll start baskets. with Glenn. I have all kinds of stories, but Glenn. Uh, is there anything? I know there should be at least one thing, if, and certainly if you want to talk about that. If you don't, I will. But uh, what was the one thing that you enjoyed about delivering baskets? I just seen on people's faces. I mean, I get to sit in the car, but Steve will go up to the house, and uh, you know, he gets to talk to him. He can schmooze with him. Schmooze. Yeah, That's Steve's. But uh, you know, just to see that someone would come. You know, you could deliver it by mail, but it's so much cooler when you see a face and a hand that's with it. I mean, that's probably the biggest joy of, of seeing the whole thing going down. But, Glenn, you've gone with me. We go into that right. big business, uh, the big building there by the, uh, I forgot the, the address. Bala Kinwood. Yeah, yeah. Bala Kinwood, and there, uh, we deliver a uh, box to ZOA, Zionist Organization right. of America. And there was, before COVID, one of the gentlemen that we delivered to had just lost his wife. Do you remember that? Right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And it was a... Uh... We were it was rough to, for him, but he was, it, it, it was a joy for him. It's yeah. just a, a, a nice moment to, you know, to see that there's other people out there and just to help him get along. Yep, um, yep, you know, yep. And, and, you know, not Jewish, you know. I mm -hmm. mean, we're Christians that would that come and give him gifts yeah, in a time, he, of, time of need like that. Yeah, uh, it's kind of cool, too, Steve, that you get ushered around by a professional driver. I mean, uh, the guy oh, is just he's he's lived his whole life for this moment, and <laughs> there you are. He You're is, the one getting schlepped around, hey, you know? we need GPS, my people. We wandered around for 40 years on an 11-day journey. <laughs> so the idea of going someplace where we don't know, even with GPS. Do you know I had GPS once, and the lady directed me to a place that if I continued, I, the bridge was out for three years. <laughs> I had to call the still guy. still be waiting there. I, I had to call the guy. Hey, the lady took me here, but I, it, this was up in northern New York. He said, oh, yeah, that bridge has been out for three years. <laughs> <laughs> well, the lady took me there. What can I tell you? The lady. Well, you have Glenn helping you. Hey, Glenn, you know, I also know that you're a big Flyers fan. Correct. And there's a nice little connection there for you delivering Hanukkah ba baskets and the Flyers, and I think you and Steve had a great opportunity there, didn't we, you? We did have a great opportunity. We we met a relative of a, the former owner of the Flyers, and we, we I don't want to use names and all that kind of thing, but we did end up talking to him. He had a great history with the Flyers, and sure enough, what happened? So so we go there, and I just sit in the car, you know, and wait for him to come up, and, you know, so I'm in the car, car's running, he comes walking out, and it's like, he invited us in the house. He's got great coffee. You got to have come in and have a cup of coffee. <laughs> so I figured, okay, we'll go in and get a cup. Did you know? We'll who's, did you know that you were at the a flyer's relative's oh, yeah. house? Oh yeah. So we you're know, getting yeah. invited in. What's your feeling at the? Are, right. you, are you feeling anything? Or are you excited now that you've been ushered into the house? Oh, it's, it's cool to, to meet a relative. You yeah. know, um, 
But first to find the house, I mean, that's the GPS. <laughs> the GPS takes the you house. to one side of the road. You got to go around. And this is the first year that we actually found it this on the first This year they drive. put up a number, finally. <laughs> we didn't even have a number, but he found it anyway. It sits a couple hundred yards back off a road, you know, so you're driving through the woods. You These know. people have, you're you know, they're, the they're well healed, so they, they they don't want anybody to come. <laughs> yeah, They yep. don't even want delivery people to come. That's right. And here you two guys come with, a, you know, looking for the house, you know, probably scaring the daylights out of them. So He was so, pretty nice. He was very nice Good. to but, us. But then Steve goes in and says, oh, my driver, he's a great Flyers fan. He loves that. So he comes out and says, hey, come on in. So again, I, again, I leave the car running. We're in there for half an hour. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he's serving coffee and, you know, just having. And those and, two know. are talking Flyers. I yeah. mean, deep, deep. I know none of these people they're talking about. But I, uh, I remember hearing that you guys were talking old Flyers history. Oh, yeah. beginning. Yeah. The very beginning. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. all that. Yeah. yeah. That's so what, amazing. But, so listen what happened. The man said, oh, if you guys interested in going to the game, I'll send you tickets. Oh, really? I mean, you don't. Oh, yeah. No. <laughs> hey, give me your address. I'll send you tickets. So the story gets really good because I'm, I invite Glenn and Liz. I find trying to find people like the Flyers. I invited my son and it's already the end of December. January, it's beginning of January. I got nothing. I got bupkis. But how do you, you don't call somebody and say, hey, where are my tickets? Yeah, I'm telling Alice, have you checked the mail? I, there's nothing. I'm taking a walk, uh, which I do every single day, and I get a phone call from my wife. Um, I'm sorry, Steve. Well, what? Why? What happened? Uh, I almost threw out the tickets. <laughs> <laughs> what? She said they were in the shredding pile, and I was going oh through them. Oh my word! Are you serious? And she, I think Glenn did. What did when I called you about it? What did we have a week? I think something we, like but that. But yeah, it wasn't much it, time. He had said it two weeks ago, and she didn't tell me. We almost didn't go, but we. Well, did they were go. in the. They right. were there. They were in the shredding pile. He sent them, and I'm thinking, boy, this guy's telling me, and I got bupkis, and I, I'm inviting <laughs> other people, and I got nothing. And, and these weren't just out, regular tickets either. No, we got to sit in a box. Oh, that's we got amazing. To sit in his box. Is that's like, amazing. So, it was. So you got all the luxuries and everything. Wow, this is this is really cool. It was a Hanukkah miracle. It was high society. <laughs> that's high great. society. We had a great time. I, these guys know hockey. I, I'll tell you this: we walk in. I'll t- hockey. I love baseball, but hockey fans. Oh yeah, I, I'd say eighty percent of the people bought the hundred and fifty dollars shirts. They had them. The the Johnsons oh, had the jerseys. Yeah, oh, the yeah. jerseys. The jer- no, they're hardcore. Whoa, oh, yeah. hardcore. Yep. They are devoted. Hockey fans, yep. I, I I give you credit. I devoted I don't like, and Philadelphia sports fans are two words that just go together. I mean, the, it's uh, intense. Yes, intense. intense is the word. I mean, I'm one of Liz, them. So she was all over him, yelling and screaming, and I never saw her that <laughs> hit him, hit him, hit him. <laughs> that is fantastic. See, you guys have great stories of being able to bless the Jewish people during Hanukkah. And we're Hanukkah. already getting uh, letters back. I just answered an email today uh, from uh, actually when Glenn took two of our gals with him uh, to the Jewish Community Center, mm-hmm. uh, the JCRC, and uh, already get, the, deliver the boxes. They're so thrilled, and they always say, we love finding ways to partner with you to help the Jewish people. And, and Chris, that's part of our mission statement. That's right. Uh, we certainly uh, stand with and communicate the Messiah, but we stand with and for the Jewish people, and just on this podcast, against anti-Semitism for the nation of Israel and God's chosen people. Mm, it's true. It's true. And it really, the, it's a, it's amazing how a simple gift, a, a gesture 
um, helps to build those relationships between the Christian community and the Jewish community. And I love that you two get to go out. But and... not only is he a driver, Chris. Oh, yes. This guy is a drunk. In fact, I forgot I meant to bring my egg. He oh. bought me an egg. Did you know? Not the, just, the shaker egg. A right. shaker egg. Is it I, here in the I, in the nah, building? I forgot it. I was going to bring it. Uh, it's it's my grandkids use it all the time. Uh, it Glenn is the one that uh, actually made it possible for me to be recognized by John Wilcox, who is our vice president of finance, but also a person who's done music for us. And he one Christmas uh, for here at Friends of Israel, he gave me a. Oh, what a tambourine! Because he saw me on the egg with that Glenn gave me. That's so right. You were doing, in the Christmas. I was band. doing this, Chris. That's right. And then John said, "Oh, he's a musician." So he took the uh, egg I, out I of my hand. I don't know if I go that far. Yeah. That, <laughs> this man's wise too. Right. and Steve don't go well together. <laughs> yeah, <that's laughs> the, the, it's the tempo, you know. Yeah, you right. need that tempo. But you've been playing drums, doing worship music, uh, you know, a part of worship bands and whatnot, and other bands right. for a very long time. Uh, it's yeah. I mean, since I got saved, I mean, thirty years ago, I got saved and right on the team, and it just it's a joy to play worship. I, I always say it's the best seat in the house. Yeah, because you get to play drums unto the Lord, you know, and and then just to follow along the worship leaders and the Holy Spirit's moving along, and the drum kind of drummer drives the bus. He does. So you know, when the worship leader gets you know um, inspired by the Holy Spirit, he may want to take a different direction. It's mm -hmm. like, well, that's not the direction I was going to, you know? So sometimes you get handcuffed, but it, but it's fun, you yep. know? And people are there just to worship, you know? They're not there to see a show or anything. And, you know, when you see people just with their hands up and their eyes closed and just, you know, entering in, it's, it's just a great feeling. Well, you know, Glenn has already played for Friends of Israel at our conference. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. He's played at the conferences, the Christmas. Um, uh, I think you've done. Did you do a Christmas uh, event too? Yeah. Uh, yeah. For us, yeah, right. he's, he's all he's, over the place. He's all over the he's place. Like, friends he's of like the uh, the um, mensch on a bench. <laughs> he's everywhere. <laughs> elf on the shelf. Elf on the shelf. <laughs> on, that's the gentile. The bench right. on the bench or the elf on the shelf. What are you gonna do? <laughs> well, Glenn, I'm a, I'm a drummer too, so I know that we've talked shop in the past right. about drums. But uh, I saw this great video online the other day of a. Uh, 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 in an African American church, and they have phenomenal drummers. Oh, some of the, off the charts. phenomenal drummers that in those worship teams, and the the drummers just go into town, and the pastor is the one singing too. And he turns around and says, "Knock it, you know, like cut it back, like we're about to go." And the the drummer's like, "Nope, I'm nope. going. I'm taking <laughs> yeah. the lead on this one, buddy." And so, dropping into second gear, and we're, we're gonna jam it up. And the, and the pastor turns around and starts doing this, and he goes, "You mean more?" You know. So it was a funny thing to watch until finally the pastor got up and practically took the sticks away from the drummer. So, you know, that happens too in drumming. You know, we're oh, yeah. always told to be quiet as drummers, right. you know? Yep. So it's impossible. Well, listen, let's talk Hanukkah, Steve. Let's talk. Chris, I brought some Hanukkah stuff. Yeah, why don't we show, if you're watching online, uh, why don't we, uh, you can look at it uh, and see it online. But if you're listening on the podcast, you can maybe hear it here. So, uh, well, Steve, first, go ahead. Uh, th this is all compliments of my wife who... She just knows stuff. She knows where to get stuff. So she was the one that got the Hanukkah gel. That's right. And so this is a Hanukkah sing-along microphone. So hopefully it'll pick up. That's the dreidel song, Chris. So, I like it. So when I'm with my grandkids, I'm I'm. It's like, a microphone. That's, if you're, that's right. right. I'm, that, so we got that. But Chris, 
Look at what else we oh, have. Oh, this is big. This is huge, man. Yes. Or if you're in New York, huge. It's huge. Huge. Well, and this the reason this is huge is because it's a dreidel. It is a dreidel. But it's a advanced dreidel. It's a neon light song dreidel. All right. It covers everything. So I don't know if the camera will pick it up. It should. But here, here we, we go. go. Let's see. Oh, that's hilarious. It's spinning around. It, it's letting lights, light out. It's, got, it's got But the best part is that you you didn't have to spin it. You just click it and boom. This is Jewish spinning of dreidel. You press the button and it does it for you. <laughs> Gone are the days where you had to actually spin it. That's right. It. No, no hard, nothing hard here. Nothing hard. That's right. We've got uh, some menorahs too or Hanukkiahs, Steve. This Look is, at this. The party keeps coming. That's right. So the, the silver menorah, actually my this was the menorah we used as a family growing up. My mother's had it. My mother's 98 years old. Uh, and several years ago, she said, ah, you know what? This probably means more to you than me. Uh, and she said, I have other menorahs, but this is, so do you want this? I said, yeah, I, I definitely want it. That's so, fantastic. So that's the one that I grew up with. And this is the one that my kids and I have you and Alice has used. Put this one over here so people can see it, Steve. See, your camera's what, over there. Okay, there so you go. Put it over here. Yeah, put it over there. There you go. And put it over here. That way people, there you so, go. So that's the uh, we also have. So typically, uh, for for our friends who don't celebrate Hanukkah, you have a Hanukkah. The Hanukkah you have. We have several Hanukkahs here right now. A Hanukkah is different than a normal menorah. A menorah is seven branches, Chris, and you know that. And when you go into the tabernacle or the temple in the holy place, there'd be the menorah and seven branches. Seven is a significant number. Six days God created. Seventh day he rested. Seven's we sometimes call it the perfect number. Well, this has nine branches. Yep. So what's weird, Hanukkah has eight days. So what's with the extra guy here? Well, it's <laughs> interesting. There is no such thing as the uh, a normal Hanukkah. There, there, there is nothing in the Bible about it. We know what the menorah looks like. Uh, it's got three on each side with the middle one being the seventh. But this one... The only requirement, according to the rabbis, is that the ninth candle, or one of the nine, has to stand out. Right. It could stand up. It could be to the side. What It has to stand out. And it is the shamus candle. And the shamus candle is the servant candle. Mm -hmm. That's the oh, oh am I arrested here? Uh, the little, little dingy went off or yeah, something. No, you're fine. Don't uh, worry. Is that your wife again? <laughs> it's Christmas. We're shopping. You know. <laughs> is this okay, What's Chris? This, Should that, I buy this? buy this? Do we have enough money? I'm overcharged That's already. Right, exactly. All right. Exactly. All right. So the shamus candle is the servant candle, and according to the rabbis, you light the shamus candle, and it provides the light to the other candles, which bridges Chris into John chapter 10. Yeah. Do, you, do you have it? You can read I can mine? get it up here, yeah. Why don't you read John chapter 10, starting with verse 22? Because interestingly enough, Hanukkah, if I can use a bad language, ain't in the Old Testament. It ain't. It ain't there. Uh, you could look all around, and it ain't there because it's what your class and equip, I'm sure you talked about it, it takes place in what's called the intertestamental period. Mm -hmm. And you had a class and equip on that, and people could access that. It'd be a perfect time now to access your class to get an idea, because it's an actual historical event. And we often say that without that event, without Hanukkah, Christmas would never happen. So 
But now we're in the New Testament. Christmas did happen. The baby Jesus is born. He's the Messiah of Israel. He's incarnated. He's on the earth. He's demonstrating who he is. He's authenticating who he is. And in the Gospel of John, there were seven signs, seven miracles that Jesus performed that John said, I, I'm telling you, I could tell you a lot more. He says this at the end, not the way I'm saying it, but <laughs> I, there's so much I could tell you, but these things were written so that you would believe. Mm -hmm. And so now we're in the middle of his uh, story, uh, uh, Jesus' story, and we're in chapter 10 and verse 22. And you should read the whole thing because this, Chris, in the New Testament, a Jewish Messiah is celebrating Hanukkah. Hanukkah. And it's important. It says, then came the festival of dedication at Jerusalem. Well, I thought it was called Hanukkah, Steve, but it's called same the festival thing. of dedication. Same thing. Hanukkah, dedication, same thing. That's right. Same word. It was winter, so here we are. It's, it's cold. Winter time. It's That's 25th right. of Kislev. That's right. And uh, Jesus was in the temple courts walking in Solomon's colonnade, which is on the eastern side of the Temple Mount. So uh, so he's, he's walking around the temple complex. And the Jews who were gathered around him saying... How long will you keep us in suspense? If you are the Messiah, tell us plainly. You know, who are these Jews? That This is a good The Jews. Does that mean every Jew in Israel was, oh, there's Jesus? No. It's a specific group that John is referring to as the Jews. You want to tell us a little bit about I, that? I mean, I'm guessing it's the religious leadership at 100%, that time. 100%. 100%. But the, the point, though, too, is, is that the religious leadership is asking during a very significant time. They're asking him if he's the Messiah during Hanukkah. And the reason this is important is because Hanukkah is all about independence. It's all about sovereignty. It's all about freedom and, and liberty. And so the Jewish people were under the yoke of the, the when, when Hanukkah came about uh, uh, back in 167 BC, all of the events that started taking place were Greek, a Greek king, a pagan king was basically trying to strip the Jewish people of their Jewishness. Either and, kill them or assimilate. Or assimilate, that's right. Either either, either be uh, annihilated or assimilate. And he didn't care which one. He'd do either one. He could care less. He was actually just thinking about the fact that he wanted to turn the Jewish people into Greeks. And I'll be honest with you, a lot of people did Helen. They did they did assimilate into Greek just culture. Just like today, there's a lot of our people like baby back ribs. That's what right. are you going to do? <laughs> they did. They, they, they do. Yeah, yes. They, and, and I, you know, it's just, I always tell, whenever I teach this class, I say, you know, that what it was going on with the Jewish people during this time of Hanukkah, is something very similar to what Christians have to wrestle with as well. How much do we assimilate into the world that's surrounding us? Because honestly, the Greek culture was probably very uh, tantalizing um, and exciting to the Jewish people. You know, it was wealth. It was it was being comfortable. I always say it's like a warm bath. You just kind of, you know, you, you don't want to get out. And here it is. It's surrounding them. And uh, they, they have to ask a question, you know, do we completely dive into this thing or how do we maintain our identity and still, you know, embrace the Greek culture around us? And so that's what Hanukkah starts to, it really, Hanukkah finds a, a point where it's not a warm bath anymore. You know, it's like a frog in a boiling that's pot. That's exactly right. I was going to say, Chris, it sounds like frog frog's legs. Exactly. You know? Wow, the frog feels pretty good. Hey, things are pretty good. A little, you know, a little of this, a little of that. And before you know it, the person's eating frog's legs. <laughs> that's right. And so that was what what what, what happened is that Antiochus IV, a Greek king, uh, was actually very frustrated because he thought he was going to be able to defeat an, an enemy of his down in Egypt. 
And who comes? The Romans said, get out of Dodge. That's right. So he's going to defeat another Greek king. I know that's confusing. But then all of a sudden he looks up and there are these Roman ships coming saying, Antiochus, go home. And so Antiochus has to march back through Jerusalem and on his way up. He says, I'm tired of these Jews. I'm tired of these people who don't act like us. They're different. He was a spoiled brat. He gets mad. And when people get mad like little kids, they stomp out. Or adults, we're more sophisticated. We slam doors. We kick the dog. We do, And he was kicking the Jewish people. Oh, big time. Yeah, that's right. He was very angry, very abusive. Very. And he goes through and he basically says, you know, as he's going back up through Jerusalem, he's saying, that's it. We're done. I'm not going to, we're not going to play this 50-50 thing anymore where you kind of like the Greek culture and, uh, and we let you be who you want to be. From now on, you're either in or you're out. And out means you're dead. And so he he stopped Torah reading, um, circumcision, circumcision, Sabbath keeping, uh, going temple to synagogue. Worship. That's right. He actually installed a, a Greek god in the temple. And he, the worst thing of all, for from a Jewish point of view, is the abomination with pig blood on the altar. On the altar. That's what. That's why it's called the Feast of Dedication because the temple was declared unclean. It was after desecrated. That. That's he right. Desecrated. It was an abomination. That's what Jewish people remember. That's the whole idea of coming back. It took three years to come back. That's right. Uh, because at that time, Chris, we weren't fighters. We were farmers. We didn't fight, uh, except for one family. They determined they were not going to compromise. They were not going to bow the knee. Uh, that's the Maccabee family. That's right. Through through Mattathias, an elderly priest from a town called Modain, which we're actually going to talk about in a little bit. But uh, he stands up and says, over my dead body, I'll never sacrifice a, p- a pig. Uh, and he kills the Hellenist guy, Jewish guy, who was saying, oh, I'll do it. Yep. To save Boom. My, that's that right. guy was gone. He kills his own people. Then he kills the, ro- the, the Greek guards. His sons rise up with him. And they end up actually in a guerrilla warfare. We kind invented of a- guerrilla warfare, Chris. <laughs> we should get the credit I'm here. Telling These you. were farmers. He, we attack. Boom. We hit the mountains. And... We look and we see and we we rush down, hit and run. That's you right. know what it did, Chris? The farmers gained confidence. They said, wait a minute, we could do this. It took three years. And by the way, a story about dreidels, where it came from. Did you know, Chris? Did you know? We get to our book, and of course, Emily helps us out, as she always does, and she comments on- Has she uh, written you yet? No. Okay, I'm waiting for Emily Stone I know we've sold two books so far. (laughs) Maybe she'll be happy. I don't know. But the initial purpose, she says, of the dreidel game might have been, because I dispute this, or it might be the case, but either way- might be to cover the fact that Jews were studying the Torah when the Greeks had outlawed the study of Jewish text. The Jews would hide out in caves to study, and if the lookout spotted an incoming Greek, the Jews would stash the scrolls and pretend to be gambling. Now remember, Chris, I told you I gambled as a little kid. Because of the story I heard in my temple, my synagogue. That's how my you made shul. it so well in life? My sh- that's exactly right. Oh, yeah, <laughs> such a gambler. Uh, in my shul, we learned that the kids played a key role. They were playing gambling games in front of the military, the soldiers, and would listen. Oh, we're going to attack over here. Ah. So they would go relay to the adults. They would set up an ambush, and bada-bing, bada-boom, done, and the the Jewish kids were part of it. And so to this day, we have a dreidel. I have 
This is called, look at this, Chris. Dreidel treats. There's one happy guy, Dreidel treats. That's right. There's candy in that thing. There's candy in this. But there's letters, Chris, on each one. And the letters stand for Neskadol Hayasham. A great miracle happened there. That's right. So the question is, where? And who sang it? This is for the diaspora Jews. So I'm a diaspora Jew. I'm outside of Israel. So a great miracle happened there. But if you're in Israel, you don't say a great miracle happened there unless you're pointing to a Jerusalem. But in Israel, they say a great miracle happened here. That's right. Here. And the word is po for that. Yes. So anyway, it it's a reminder uh, that every aspect of Hanukkah is a reminder or remembrance of our deliverance. Mm-hmm. And our deliverance being Jewish uh, means that, wait a minute, about 165 years later than Hanukkah, a Jewish baby is born. Uh, that Jewish baby is the most unique child in the history of anything, of everything. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, Chris, you're talking about Christmas. There's three C's that I see. C's <laughs> that I see. The cradle— Mm-hmm. We'll be ce- celebrating the cradle. At Easter time, we celebrate the cross. Mm-hmm. And later, when we think of the abomination of desolation that, uh, that in the book of Daniel, a future person's coming, Revelation chapter 19 says a king is coming. So you have the cradle, you have the cross, and the king. And the king, that's And right. the king. Those three ingredients is the gospel message. Mm-hmm. And none of those would have happened or could happen if, Chris, if Hanukkah didn't happen. That's right. If Antiochus was uh, victorious, there'd be no Jesus. It's interesting, too, because uh, in the Hanukkah story, when you, you know we were talking about the fact that uh, Mattathias and his family, the, his sons, ultimately defeat the Greeks, they def- like this small band of Jewish zealots, if you will, uh, they defeat the Ju- the Greeks and they rededicate the temple to God. They cleanse it and rededicate it by 165 BC, and that's why it's called the Feast of Dedication because God dedic- uh, they, they dedicate the temple back to God. It's kosher. It's they- kosher, and that's 165. But by 142 BC, finally the Greeks completely give up and say to Simon, one of the sons of Mattathias, who started the revolt, uh, "You are uh, you you have your own independence." And for the first time since the Davidic kingdom in the Old Testament um, that goes back to Solomon and the kings of Judah and the kings of Israel, it's the second time in Israel's history that they've had total autonomy and total independence. It didn't last long, but they had. 80 years it lasts. Yep. Uh, but still, the the point, though, is, is that you have to imagine that that's only 165 years away from when Jesus appears on the scene and he's celebrating Hanukkah. Hanukkah to me is the 4th of July. It is independence. The fireworks are going off. You got the lights. You got the excitement. And I even remember, that's right, you got the dreidels. They're singing, all that stuff. The menorahs are lit. Um, and, uh, you know, when, when you're thinking about that, the Jewish people wanted, they, they were now back under Roman oppression. So they had that brief moment of independence. Now they're back under Roman oppression, and they're remembering what happened when they stood up against the Greeks and they and they feel that sense of independence. And even when Simon became the 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 high priest of the of the Jewish people and they were they made him We call them Hasmonians. That's right. They were the Has it was the Hasmonean dynasty. But it's funny when it even says in Maccabees that uh, he was installed as this high priest until a greater prophet can come. That 
that, uh, you know, that's the way they thought about it, that there's someone still greater coming. We have our own independence, and we're waiting for this Messiah figure to come. So, of course, during Hanukkah, when you're thinking about independence, the oppression of the Jewish people under Roman occupation, which I'm sure reminded them of the Greeks, when they're thinking about the fact that they did this at one point, now the religious leaders during Hanukkah are saying something very profound to Jesus. Are you the Messiah? Because I'm sure it's drumming up all of those feelings that they had of independence, freedom, sovereignty, and are you going to be the one to lead us against these Romans? Chris, you presented it so well. Let me give the answer in today's vernacular. Go ahead. Where have you been, guys? (laughs) What? Have you heard anything? Have you seen anything? Is is, is this the first time you met me? (laughs) Hello? Is there anybody there? (laughs) That's right, knocking on the door. Think about it, Chris. When I, when you read it in context, it's not like he word about him is everywhere. Yeah. This is the person. Look, I I agree. But moments like this drum up messianic fervor. I mean, it's it's hundred percent because it's going to be at a couple. You know, um, it, it, in the springtime when Passover comes, that messianic fervor comes back again. You know, it rises up during Hanukkah and then it, it goes down, and then oh, Passover's coming. Maybe the Messiah is coming. You know, that kind of thing. hundred so. percent. But in his own words, I, I realize that this is written in Greek, and we're translate. It's translated in English. What does he say? I told you. <laughs> I, I told you. You didn't believe. Guys, are you are you listening to me? The works, the works. What works? Think about what he's done. Yeah, he's Chris. already done. He's yep. already he's fed people when there was hardly any food. He used a kid's lunch. Mm-hmm. He's healed people. They had issues. Blind people. They're seeing. People are hungry. Are eating, and they're saying, "Hey, turned water into wine hey, already." Are, yep. are, are, are you the Messiah? Yeah. <laughs> What what do you want me to do? A two, you know, a doopsie do? Yeah. Come on. Well, this yes. becomes one of Jesus's biggest arguments too is that you're always looking for a sign. It's it, not enough. It's never enough, you know, and he condemns the religious leadership for this. And in fact, the re- I always tell people this. It's funny to me that in the gospels Jesus never condemns Rome. He never con- you would think this is Jesus's opportune moment to condemn Rome. He, there's one moment where it talks about paying taxes to Rome, and Jesus speaks very spiritually and perfectly with wisdom from the Father right into that situation. But other than that, never brings up never brings up Rome. But he, he does bring up sheep. He brings up sheep, but he also brings up the religious leaders. He condemns these people for leading the sheep of Israel astray, which is very important. That's why he calls himself the good shepherd. And you know what he, he said? You guys aren't of my sheep. You're just not of my sheep. Yep. I, I, I. What more could I do? You're welcome to come, but fat using yeah. Yiddish. Fat, <laughs> fat to you. We've we, had some good Yiddish today. Glenn's right. already brought up some well, Yiddish. That's right. You know, you've got some Yiddish. But notice what he says, Chris, in the background of the Feast of Dedication, Independence Day, as you worded it. He said, "I give unto them eternal life, mm-hmm. victory, if you will." Uh, he he is. Freedom. This, when we have eternal life, what are we free from? He has freed us from death. That's right. Now, in the context here, he hasn't died, he hasn't risen, but he's offering the kingdom. He's coming as the Messiah, and they are not paying attention. They're not. Mm -hmm. And to be fair, even the people who are for him right now are only for him because of what it gets them. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's true. And that's kind of the basis for Hanukkah. And 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 uh, the eight the eight uh, the Hanukkah is a you know comes from the story of Maccabees when uh, when they rededicated the temple, they went in there and they only had enough oil one for one day. And uh, and they needed more days to get the seal of the high priest in order to have kosher oil. That's so right. It took longer time. So they took what they had. This is the story. And I scholars debate all this. Let them debate it. I, I can tell you this. We as Jews bought into it because every time you see a Jewish person celebrating Hanukkah, they're celebrating it with a menorah and yep. they're singing the dreidel song and they're lighting the candles. But the ninth candle, Chris, tell us about the servant candle. Yeah, this is the most, the, the shamash candle, as you called it, is the one that the servant candle that actually is used to light each candle each night. So you don't just go light the first candle for the first night and the second candle. You actually always light the shamus candle, which is the servant candle, and then you go over and you use the shamus candle to light the, uh, each candle for each night of Hanukkah. That candle doesn't get light unless the shamus servant candle gives it to him. Very messianic. A lot of bu- imagery of Jesus being the light of the world, Jesus being the one who gives the light. We don't get the light ourselves. Oh, do you remember it, this? Maybe you sang it as a kid, uh, or maybe your kids, my kids sang it, this little light of mine. Yep. Where Where does this little light of mine? I'm going to let it shine. Where's it come from? From Jesus. That's right. Jesus is the light giver. He is the one who gives us light. Um, can I also add with the with the menorah, so we that's that's used, that comes from from the book of Maccabees, that's part, and that could be a true story, or it could, could be. be myth. Maybe yes, maybe no. That's right, that's why it's not inspired text, but at the, at the same time, I saw this funny meme that said, let me try to help, let me help you understand the eight day, why we have the eight candles on the menorah. He goes, let, the person said, let me update it for you. Imagine if you only had one hour left on your cell phone uh, charge, but yet you got eight hours out of it. That is the Hanukkah. That's a good one. I thought that was pretty funny. Uh, that, a great miracle <laughs> a great, happened here. Right. Just when you think your phone's going to go and die, boom, it lasts another eight hours. That is. That might go down as they might build a whole holiday around that. <laughs> the cell phone. I've been there plenty of times, Steve, so I could have oh, used a miracle. Oh, man. Oh, man. Um, okay, so that's Hanukkah. Steve, do you want to add anything else? Especially, we we say this, honestly, there would not be Christmas without Hanukkah because the Antiochus Epiphanes, uh, Antiochus IV, was seeking to root out the Jewish people, to remove their identity. But because of that promise, Steve, that goes back to Genesis chapter 12, where God made a promise to, uh, to Abraham and his family that could not be undone, it cannot be broken. It cannot be shattered. It is an eternal promise that God made to himself. He had to keep it. And it's amazing how, if you think about, there were so many moments in Jewish history, Steve, where it almost seemed like it was all about to unravel, but it just came down to one man, Mattathias. God, isn't it, you'd think that in that promise, God didn't say, I would I would make it easy for you or 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 whatever. No, he, it actually boiled down to one man that said, over my dead body, I'm fighting against these people. Whether I live or die, I'm dying as a Jew. And that is what ultimately struck back up the Jewish identity once again. It was this close to being lost. Well, Chris, there are two things as we think of uh, Christmas and Easter as Jew and the Gentile. The main thing of Hanukkah isn't the dreidel, isn't the candy, the latkes, by the way, or oh, donuts, so oil, something. Oats. Yes. Right. Oh, yeah. I got some from uh, Zippy and Robbie. Uh, they gave me Israeli donuts. Did they really? Yeah. Yep. But it's it's not that. Uh, w- 
it's possible that Jewish people can miss what Hanukkah talks about. And I think oftentimes we do as a people. Mattathias didn't want to compromise. He didn't want to assimilate. He wanted to remain Jewish, identify as a Jew, and follow the law. Mm. Which At that time, that's what marked a Jewish person. Christmas is also about lights. Christmas is about food. Christmas is about family. Christmas is about the cradle and celebrating. But we can miss it, Chris. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of people do. They miss it. It's about the baby who is deity, Mm. who came here to die for our sins. If If we just celebrate the cradle without the cross, then we're doing a mass injustice to the purpose of God. If the Jewish people just celebrate the great, wonderful July 4th, independence, without remembering that, wait a minute, assimilation shouldn't be an an option for us. Mm -hmm. And as Christians, assimilation should not be uh, an option. We should identify with the king. Mm -hmm. We should identify with the Shamus candle. Exactly. That is great. Well, Happy Hanukkah, Steve. Happy Hanukkah, Merry Christmas, and Glenn. <coughs> yes. The drummer man. Yes. The, do you mind not the little drummer. Is your f- favorite song the little drummer guy? It's one of them. Ah, there yeah. you go. Barum bum bum bum. Isn't yeah. that the is that it? That's, that's, that's it. Good. Uh, that's it. See, I'm not I didn't I wasn't raised with that, so I didn't know. That's, you're gonna have to give him some lessons. The rumpa bum is, is I know. It's pretty rough. Trust me. Uh, okay, yeah, how, do you, how do you do it? Tell me how you do it. Rumpa bum bum. There you go. Wow. wow. What are you gonna wow. do? That's right. Look at that guy go. We're gonna have to come on and have Glenn do a whole drum show for us. All right. Well, listen. We've only got a little bit of time left because Steve, we've got a meeting coming up. I got a meeting up. in nine minutes. That's Chris. right. So uh, let's let's be uh, really targeted here. Let's talk about uh, as we're transitioning to the news here. Um, the idea of democracy in the Jewish state is in jeopardy, according to the New York Times. Oh, Chris, I can't take it. And then I can't take it. New- Netanyahu fires back at the New York Times. Good for him. And Good. why don't you go ahead and take it from here? Look, the editorial board at the New York Times is upset. Hey, when I read that, it was that, that whole editorial board. I go, oh, this is a joke. Here's why they're upset. They're upset because democracy worked in Israel. That's right. And they're calling it democracy in jeopardy. (laughs) (laughs) It worked. Look, we have a vote here in the United States. Quite frankly, I'm mostly disappointed in most of the elections that go on in this country because I didn't get my way. And if you're not on the winning side, okay. but, But does it work? Does voting work? Yes. And it works in Israel. The Israeli people have spoken. You like them, you don't like them, you like what they do, you don't. That's Zygazunt, live and be well. But the idea of saying democracy is in jeopardy because they don't like people who are more conservative than they are, which, by the way, it doesn't take too much to be more conservative than the New York Times. Mm -hmm. Uh, And that is a political statement. I don't like to get political, but I think any reasonable person in America who knows about the New York Times would not say that it's a center-to-right uh, group. They have a couple of editorial people who are center to right, but the overwhelming majority, and in fact, without getting too involved in the news, Chris, with all that's going on with Twitter, what do we know about the New York Times with the last election? Yeah, well, well, I, I mean, I don't. They were absolutely involved in. Uh, you know, the FBI was involved with Twitter, as we're the seeing. The Twitter all- releases have had the New York Times 
as part of the release that Twitter is giving lately. Isn't that That's correct? That's exactly right. So the idea. So the New York Times writes this. Uh, they name the ministers in the new government. They don't like them. They cite uh, past uh, uh, infractions that they've done. Or fa- fairly so. If somebody was involved uh, or convicted of something, they should. But the idea. They're really besmirching the democracy that is going on in Israel. I don't like everything that goes on. We've talked it here, Chris, at Jew and Gentile podcast when when Bennett had seven seats, that, and he becomes the prime minister. Yeah. You and I said that's kind of crazy. The guy doesn't even have the majority of seats. That's the way they that's, work. That's, but listen to this from the New York Times. Uh, the, the editorial board writes, the Biden administration should do everything it can to express its support for a society governed by equal rights and the rule of law in Israel. And it does it, as it does in all uh, in countries all over the world. That would be an act of friendship consistent with the deep bonds between the two nations. So what, what's the editorial board saying? Hey, Biden, get involved in Israeli politics and let them know what you think about it, which is funny to me because it's not as though the, 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 election resu- the elections in Israel in November were stolen. They weren't. It was a fair election. The people of Israel spoke. Benjamin Netanyahu won 24% of all the seats. That's a lot of seats. 32 of 120 seats went to Benjamin Netanyahu. Then under that was the more liberal party, which was in opposition to Netanyahu, got 24 seats. But then under that, you have religious Zionists, you have Shas, you have the United Torah Judaism. Uh, uh, that and were, they take it from 32 to 65. Just like bada that. Bada bing, bada boom. And who voted for them? The Israeli people voted for them that you don't have to like it but come on it is a democracy that's right and so that is something that's important to note and i'll even add this is the 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 israeli government the israeli people are becoming more and more conservative and steve i read an article that said that you know oftentimes it's like this in the states the older the generation the more conservative they are the younger the more liberal well they're seeing that the younger are more conservative than even the older Israelis are. And so you're even seeing that shift. It's already down brewing in the younger, uh, young adults of uh, the Israeli society. But it's important to note, just so that people can see, that the uh, that the uh, um, Israeli people spoke. And that's what's important and, to note. And so we see now from Fox News, Netanyahu shreds New York Times. Oh, boy. There's a little, there's a little <clears throat> right, right there. Right. Exactly. Uh, for demonizing Israel for decades after scathing editorial. So Netanyahu essentially says, okay, you guys wrote about it. I'm telling you, here's what we're going to do. My government will do everything it can to cooperate with us. They're our best friends. We're going to, we're going to demonstrate who we are all the time as the only and strongest democracy in the Middle East. We're going to keep on doing what we do. And I thought his response, we include those in the, in the notes. He he tweeted this out after burying the Holocaust for years on its back pages. (laughs) That's a dig. Oh, that's a dig. And demonizing Israel for decades on its front pages. The New York times now has shamefully calls for undermining, undermining Israel's elected incoming government. And I will say this, Steve, uh, Netanyahu is right. This is the easiest election uh, and forming of government that Israel has seen in the last four years. Yep, no question and about so it. The people have spoken, and the New York Times. You know what the reality is? They just don't like who's coming into it, office. That's their privilege. That's fine. Yep. But don't that headline? Yeah, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. That's right. All, All right. right, Steve. We have three minutes. Yep. All right. Twenty-two. This this is coming from the Jerusalem Post. Twenty-two hundred year old coins. This is important. They found some gelt. 
not chocolate gelt, silver gelt. Uh, and they found it uh, going back to the period of the Maccabean Revolt, w- where discovered in the Wadi Marabat Caves in Nahal Darga, which means, Chris, the whole argument, there's all kinds of political arguments going back. Who owns the land? and who? I could tell you this. Islam was founded in around 700 or so, six-something <clears throat> to seven-something. I, I admit I'm ignorant as to the exact date, but somewhere around that A.D. Good job. The Maccabee period is 165 years before that. Mm-hmm. Guess what? There were Jews. Yeah. <laughs> There were Jews. And how do I know? Because there was gelt. That's right. And the gelt says... Does it have chocolate in it? No, no. This is gelt. Real gelt. And so, if you... Look, archaeology is not my expertise, but I'm glad for archaeologists. And if you're saying, who's older? Whose land is it? It's our land. And there's proof. All right, Steve. This is Yiddish... As we move into our Yiddish oh, word of the day. That's different music. We don't have that upbeat music. No, this, this is... Uh, this almost sounds like Christmas music. This is Oi, Kanaka, Oi, Kanaka. Oh, joyous one, a happy a happy Hanukkah. Every night we play the dreidel they're singing. We eat lots of sizzling hot lakes. Quickly, children, light the slim candles. This is all in Yiddish that they're singing. So say the word Hanukkah in Yiddish again. It Chris. looks like it's Kanika. 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 And so that is the Yiddish. Well, here, let's do it. Let's do it at official. Here we go. Oy, ay, 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 ay. Kanika. Kanika. Happy Kanika. Oy, Kanika. <laughs> Uh, Steve, in Hebrew, they say Hag Sameach Hanukkah. That's right. Hag Sameach Hanukkah. And we got Glenn here and Liz. Happy Hanukkah. Merry Christmas. That's right. Hey. Zygazun. Live and be well. Have a healthy, happy. But we're going to have one more Jew and Gentile podcast before the end of the year. That's right. Well, everyone, the Yiddish word of the day is Oi Kanaka, Oi Kanaka. Hey, everybody, thank you so much for being with us today. Glenn, we thank really. Thank you. Yes, Glenn. Oi Kanaka. Oi Kanaka. Hey, everybody, just a fresh reminder as we wrap up our Jew and Gentile podcast. Go to foiequip.org right now. You can sign up for the next four months of classes that we have lined up for you. It's going to be a fantastic time. And don't be a cheapskate. That's right. We want some guilt. That's right. We want some guilt to help keep the Jew and Gentile podcast going, to help keep FOI Equip going, to help our interns out. You can go to gofoi.org forward slash FOI Equip. Again, that's gofoi.org forward slash FOI Equip. Hey, happy Hanukkah, Steve. Happy Hanukkah. Happy. Merry Christmas, everybody. We'll see you soon. Have a great week.